Valid. Been thinking about asking our listeners, popping them the big question. Okay. It's it's not an easy one. I think now is the time for us to both get on our knees and look deep, deep into our listeners' ears and what and ask them sincerely and with conviction, will you rate and review us on iTunes? Okay, we're on our knees. Where are their ears? <laughs> They're gonna have to bend down too. Everyone get on your knees. Okay, wait a minute. I don't think we want to ask our <laughs> listeners to do that. You know what I think we do want to ask them to do? What? Is to please go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. If you like what we do, help us out. It's free for you. It's a great thing for us. Rob, can you say anything else without making inappropriate requests from our audience? You can rate and review us on any of the other services too. Google Play, they're awesome. Whether you do it on your knees or not, I leave it up to you. That's your business. Thank you, folks. We appreciate it. It's time. Time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show that usually ends. Another episode of Interrupted Tales, the podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, I am Rob, and I'm joined tonight by my friend and Padawan, Alan. Say hello to the nice people, Alan. I'm really more of a mentee in this relationship. I, I feel like I'd prefer not to be killed. <laughs> well, you know, to each their own. Uh, this week, though, fittingly, we have an out-of-this-world tale. It's from the December 1950 issue of Out-of-This-World Adventures, and it's called Jupiter Napoleon by J. Harvey Haggard. I guess H. Ryder. Haggard was not available, so they they called his cousin. It's wait, did I get this messed up? Is it story called J. Harvey Haggard by Jupiter Napoleon? <laughs> Could be. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to grab a drink and curl up in your favorite chair while we read you this week's tale. Mira, you space gypsy. Uh, excuse me, Rob. They prefer to be called Quarians. <laughs> now, did you save the space gypsies in Mass Effect 3, or did you side with the Geth? Call me old-fashioned, Alan. I never side with the space gypsies. Okay. You've betrayed us here, here in the Dante's ridges of Uranus, the last outpost of man. I'll not forget her soon. Standing there in the green rays of the twin moons, while above us, the blue ships of the Jovians, like giant malignant crystals, edged over the jaggered escarpments and began descending. Hey, Rob, what's a malignant crystal look like? I mean, is it is it wearing an infinity gauntlet, or it's got a handlebar mustache? Or... <laughs> I think it's kind of got a jaunty cap. And, okay. uh, you know, but it, but something interesting about it, a little different, like a scar. They're looking for me, she had said simply. 
I was to meet them here. She didn't look like a traitress. Well, I mean, she had that handlebar mustache, but totally Infinity Gauntlet free. (laughs) No scar. For that matter, she didn't seem to belong in the hidden chem laboratories. I swear she didn't look like a meth cooker, your honor. I just went over there to borrow a cup of sugar, some sweet, sweet sugar. I gotta have my sugar. (laughs) Though that was where her cunning little mind had wrought seeming miracles. Her face was oval, sweet, and enchanting like that of a sprite, with large blue eyes that melted my heart away every time she so much as looked at me. Even in the rugged garb of a fighting scout, her slender figure possessed an allure that was astonishing, for those same garments on others looked worn and ugly. Oh, no, I can, I can totally explain that, okay? See, there's this, uh, there's this channel on YouTube that's called Blossom, okay? And they show you how to do it. What you do is you, you take an old pair of leggings, you mm-hmm. fold them in half, okay? Half, okay. And then you cut out a circle around the seat. You slice off the area below the knees, okay? Uh-huh. All right. Then you open it back up. You sew those to the top to make straps. And it looks just like a way that would never actually work. But then you get an impossibly gorgeous model and uh, she wears it. Oh. Uh, It's a good channel. It's a good channel. A short kilt, a high breast vestment with red celluline space boots. That's a go-go dancer. (laughs) I'm not sure that on other women that the go-go dancer outfit looks worn and ugly, but... uh... (laughs) Yeah, she really wore it well, I'll just say that. I said, Mira, you're crazy. Your brain's got the whirling orbits. Luckily, that's a treatable condition these days. All you have to do is stop drinking Slurpees when you ride the teacups and... uh... And you're probably going to get away without permanent damage. Oof. At the whirling orbits once, I was in a bathroom for a month. A month? <laughs> Seriously? A month? <laughs> no, not, not literally. I, you know, figuratively a month. You're coming away with me whether you like it or not. I seized her bodily then, but she struggled, and her blue eyes looked into mine, and her tiny ruby lips brushed my own. My darling, I breathed, but she protested. My muscles went to water, but I kissed her. Yes, there with the Jovians wheeling down like ravenous buzzards searching for carrion. (laughs) Yes, you know, crystals are known to do out in the wild. It's all part of the cycle of life. (laughs) Oh, ravenous crystal buzzards. I thrilled to the embrace of those soft, small arms. Oh, she was carrying small arms. That could be helpful later. I mean, she she can't get a whole rifle into that outfit. (laughs) Not now, Jan. The Jovians are coming. Later, perhaps, when that blue demon they call their Napoleon of space has ceased to plague the universe with his existence. Can I point out that it is really weird that an alien species calls their leader the Napoleon of space? Because uh, we don't say uh, General Patton was our Jar Jar Binks of the battlefield. (laughs) I think he studied Gungan tactics extensively, though, at the academy. 
Count Dooku, you magnificent bastard. I read your book. Okay. That got me. (laughs) Thank you. I looked away, following her gaze. She was staring at the towering heights far away, capped with eternal snows of frozen air. There were the last remnants of our people, survivors of Earth, last warriors of the human race, who had been driven here by the blue hordes of Jove. Talk about urban flight. That is a hell of a commute. Uranus to Earth with the traffic jam of the whole I-85 Jupiter interchange. It's nuts in the morning. (laughs) Their armada of fighting crystals had swept down across the solar system in a seemingly endless array. Janu Latha, their giant blue leader, had become a terrible legend among Earthmen. A space Billy Jack, if you will. (laughs) Truly a terrible legend. It was said that, having the strength born of a mightier planet, he'd once met ten Earthmen barehanded and had slain them. Janu Latha, it was said, was immortal. Oh, okay. Kind of makes that feat a little less impressive if you can't be Mm. killed. It was said that he got dogpiled by ten Earthmen who eventually died of old age while he waited it out is just a little bit less terrifying. I mean, it still speaks to his overall strength. I think it's it's slightly horrifying. Okay. And it was the fearful, hating Earthmen who had dubbed him the Napoleon of space. Oh, okay, I got it. Jovian's sort of just taken back the term then. He's driven us from planet to planet, Jan, said Mira. We're lost if we keep on fighting the way we have done. And besides, I'm not betraying you, just disobeying orders, remember? And there, with the crystal raiders of Jove hurtling down like tangible thunderbolts, I did remember. Three days before, she had come from the makeshift cave laboratories with an impossible scheme. Even a Napoleon cannot win forever, she'd explained. We might take a lesson from terrestrial history. I'm... Just trying to think of a relevant scenario from terrestrial history about a famous Napoleonic figure Hmm. who eventually faced what historians call a Waterloo moment for some reason. Um, I guess guess I'll say Tiger Woods. How tall is Tiger Woods? Napoleonic means short, right? (laughs) We're outnumbered, yes. I had retorted through gritting teeth, but Janu Latha can be killed. I know he can. It was indicated, continued Mira, at the autopsy of Napoleon Bonaparte, or so the ancient histories go, that his later battles were lost because of a failing pituitary gland. Oh my God, let it go, okay? Napoleon's not emperor, okay? It's been 2,000 space years since Napoleon was even a candidate for emperor. He could have come back from his island. Uh... Which island, Rob? The Corsica. Nope. No shit. Uh... You got two choices. I'm not going to remember. Ibiza. Ibiza. Yep. Or is this non-Spanish saying Ibiza? Ibiza. Ibiza. As its functioning lessened. Lethargy and fat-headedness resulted. Um, Yes, the amount of life-size posters of football players he had on his doorroom walls increased exponentially. (laughs) (laughs) Then let's hope Janu Latha's blue neck begins to shrivel, I'd exploded contemptuously. 
Then three more wishes. Cross your fingers in a magical symbol and spit over your left. But you can do the same thing with rays, she had protested. I've done it in the lab, and I could do it again with a tiny portable lamp that can be hidden in my clothing. Where? (laughs) No, I mean... Kilt adjacent? Oh. (laughs) I don't know. Its invisible waves will spray out and destroy the vital glands slowly. And you propose to enter the camp of the enemy, train your rays on his glands, and wait until he becomes too lethargic to command his troops? Jovians, now is the hour where we destroy the last vestige of Earth resistance. The final... (laughs) Anyone just hit the three o'clock tarsh slump, or is it me? Uh, anyone anyone got a five clock tarsh energy on them? You you guys know what clock tarsh means, right? I mean I know some of you are from Ganymede. Um five eye clark tarsh eye energy eye. Uh, that's offensive, sir. We understand you just fine. Okay, well you you Ganymedians <laughs> Right Absurd Before you do that, I will have sliced his head from his shoulders with my sword. Don't even talk of such a thing. She hadn't, but her little lips had set tightly. And now on the next scouting expedition, she told me how she had communicated with the Jovians on an ionic beam, promising to meet them and betray the Earthmen's whereabouts. Oh, cool. It's nice to know they converted all those useless brookstones into interstellar communication hubs. (laughs) It used to be, yeah. The universe's greatest concentration of ionic beams. <laughs> I whipped a dagger from a sheath, a wavering sliver of gleaming metal. You win, I exclaimed dubiously. But take care of yourself, Mira. Keep this for your own protection. You can keep it hidden. Seriously, where? <laughs> she has her ways. When you pin this blade in your garment... The jeweled haft looks like an ornament. Oh, that is just gorgeous. What is that, a a knife hilt brooch? You know, I've been thinking of asking for one for my birthday, but all the ones I've seen are way too small. Sort of normal brooch size, you know? Either way, she's never going to get it through Jovi and TSA. Oh my gosh, those guys? Are you kidding me? No way. She shrugged helplessly as I slid the blade into her harness vestment leaving only the hilt visible, a scintillating crescent of precious stones. As a lethal weapon for protection, it was now perfectly hidden. None would guess that it was anything but jewelry. Really? Come on. <laughs> Tim Gunn's going to notice, okay? He's going he's gonna to be real nice about it, but he's going to know, okay? Oh, it's going to throw off the, all the lines of that outfit. Like, yeah. yeah. Then I turned and ran up a torturous channel between high buttes. I might have remained, might have died fighting in vain. As the ogreish figures leaped in, I might have taken many blue savages of a distant planet to the hell limbo they call Kju. Yeah, Kju. The uh, tax is much lower than in Stovacor, but uh, the school districts are not great, so it's, you know, it's a trade-off. But I would most certainly have been slain in the end. I am not afraid of death, but somehow I couldn't think of it as long as Mira Thraddock was alive a virtual prisoner among the Myrmidons of Jove. 
hey Rob, did you end up getting an HTC Vive? Oh no, not not. Oh, yet. you got to get one. I played Prisoner Among the Myrmidons of Jove, and it was so immersive. I was, oh, I was just fully engrossed for thirty five minutes until I got tired and dizzy and never played it again. You got to try it. <laughs> I can't wait. You, you sold me on it. Two. Kelkades. Oh, right, right. Kelkades. That's what you Ganymedians call it. I knew that. I took two years of Ganymedian at the Gungan Academy of War and Cultural Insensitivity. Not a... It's a B-level B academy at best. But he's done all right for himself, so, you know. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you know, don't let your school record to find you yeah those division two academies give you a fine education you know nobody asked to see your transcript when you're fighting earth man let's be honest <laughs> the retrograde aerial had circled the planet three times in its satellite orbit that was the jovian means of measurement for the passing of time long tormenting weeks as measured by terrestrial clocks the jovians were encamped in the fertile floor of a huge extinct crater while we of Earth were entrenched in mountainous grottoes, living on glue bugs and those creeping monstrosities we managed to trap in caves. Oh, oh, you mean the giant spew bugs? Oh, uh, no, no, those are the things with the gamma claws. I'm talking about the goo bugs. Oh. Yeah. I'd almost rather not eat anything at all. Skirmishes were frequent during that time, but indecisive. The Earth Commandant gave the order to attack under the third saffron moon's wan rays during the late hours of night. It was a slim chance, but we were becoming desperate. Mm, probably getting down to the poo bugs at that point. <laughs> yeah. oh. It's really rough. That's <laughs> just sad. At night, 10,000 rugged terrestrial ghosts rose over the edge of the crater's maw and leaped silently downward. Fate smiled. The Jovian tribes had been overconfident. Only the dominance of Janu Latha had served to hold conflicting creeds together. There were but few sentinels, and these were so unwary that we overcame them with little noise. Then we were down among the fiber shelter spreads, Raygats snarling forth pains of death. Raygats. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Jay Harvey, I don't know about this one. Raygats, really? Oh, okay. Well, what do you think? Shooting from the hip here, but maybe uh, like rad pistol. What What do you got for me? Adam shooter? Uh, BFG? Uh, I mean, I called my heroine Mirathratic, so <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of running short here. I think you could you could tell that, right? I'm committed to Ray Gats at this point. Okay. We were like demons risen from the grave of the past. I Madness. loved Ray Gats in 44-inch chest. We were like demons... Uh, we were like demons risen from the grave of the past. Madness surged within our breasts. We fought like supermen. History marks that day. No use to repeat an accounting of that. The Blue Jovians, leaderless and unorganized, were slain like the cattle they are as they fled in cowardly panic. But they did not escape our avenging beams. Oh, the Avenger beam. I could have mm. called it that. Uh, uh, no, Haggard. I, I don't think that would have been much better. A little better, maybe. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I led a detachment up an escarpment with that teemed with blue warriors. 
and with those earthly hellions at my back, we left a shambles along the terrace below the rich Jovian tent furnishings of the warlord. <laughs> tent furnishings. Oh, man, look, they got the whole front flap and the fold-out <laughs> table, so it's a little porch. Oh, I, get, I bet they got air mattresses in there. We could have totally done that. We know you said camping is about roughing it, so otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> oh, man, I bet they have some great tailgates in this thing. In the inner chamber, I found Mira. She stood before a curtained hanging, and looking past, I could see Janu Latha, the Napoleon of space, who seemed to be sleeping. Coleman lamps everywhere, <laughs> gas stove. Oh, yeah. Oh, the little radio you, you wind up, you know? Oh. Mira Thradok, I exclaimed jubilantly. You glorious little space minx, blazing universes. Blazing universes, okay. It's obvious, it's a fantastic movie, but you know, they just couldn't make a movie like that today in this space correctness climate. You just can't say things like Pluto is a planet anymore. That wild plot paid off a thousand to one. You're all right, Mira. She nodded. Even as Napoleon, she said, drawing the gossamer curtain aside. Gosh, you fat lard, wake up already. <laughs> Uh, history repeats itself, I claimed. It was indicated that a great terrestrial general lost his leadership qualities because a gland failed, and now, and now. It was hard to think of Janu Latha, who had been so dynamic and ruthless, as a sluggard, a mold of human flesh, or subhuman as it were held captive by internal secretions. Uh. <laughs> Let me tell you, Rob, if someone links you to jovec.cx, do not click, okay? <laughs> I learned that the hard way, Alan. Mm, yeah. Oh, two Jovians, one Napoleon. Ah. Uh, oh, oh, that's rough. That's, that's not, you never, you can never unsee it. Nope. But Mira was shaking her head. I frowned, strode into the farther chamber. The Jovian was not sleeping. His repose was more fixed than that. Upon his naked blue breast glistened a curious little ornament, a crescent of glittering jewels nestled like a stinging bee. A drop of green blood formed, dimming the sparkling hilt as it fell down upon the bare knees of the Napoleon of space, whose darkening blue flesh was becoming cold as clay. The end. Oof. That was a terse little, uh, quick little story of nonsense words put together, but uh, exciting, huh? Yeah. It was three pages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you know, it was pretty short, but uh, I think we, we learned a little bit of history, both past and future. But what do you think the moral of this particular story was, Alan? Mm, okay, now let me think about it for just a little bit here, Rob. Okay, I'm going to say the moral of the story is don't believe everything you read about Jovians, Rob. They are only our enemies if we make them our enemies. And they're only immortal if you stick a knife in them and they don't die. Oh, 
That's fair enough. I think uh, the moral of the story is more that if you're going to send somebody in skimpy clothing to kill someone, make sure it's somebody who knows where to hide things. Like in a small bag or... Yeah, it's like this, you know, she's got this little pouch that you can strap onto your leg and you can put either like, uh, you know, a um, a little bottle of hooch on one side and a knife on the other. Like she's she's really carefully packs. Well, that about wraps it up for uh, this week's Ray Gats filled episode. Um, tune in next time for another exciting interrupted. But it's a five o'clock dash world when the whistle blows. <laughs> Ten.